Our members' communications networks underpin the massive infrastructure that keeps the lights on and water and gas flowing that we all kind of take for granted. Yeah. You know, last year uh, we had a record number of wildfires in addition to the pandemic. We yep. had a record number of hurricanes. These networks are also critical to the deployment of new energy resources, such mm -hmm. as storage, solar wind, and other forms of distributed energy. This is Flux Capacitor, a podcast about the future of electricity. I'm Francis Bradley of the Canadian Electricity Association. We feature discussions about the future of the business of electricity on this podcast and what the future transformations will mean for electricity companies, regulators, society, and customers. Today's podcast extends a theme featured in a number of previous podcasts on technologies, but with a twist. Once again, this podcast was not recorded face-to-face, -face, but using Zoom. This time I'm joined by Cheryl Riggs, the President and CEO of the Utilities Technology Council. In my conversation with Cheryl, we discuss UTC's evolution and membership and the evolving communications and technologies that underpin utilities. We also touch on the evolving cyber threat environment and the challenges of operating an association during a pandemic and some upside there. And here's a hint. It's about greater virtual reach. And like many previous podcasts, we close the conversation with a recommendation. In this case, Cheryl has a movie suggestion. Here's my conversation with Cheryl Riggs, recorded mid-January 2021. Cheryl, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Francis. Uh, wonderful. I'm yeah, I'm delighted you're, you're able to join us. Very timely, I think. Absolutely. Given that all of the things that are taking place in the world right now to talk, to, to, to have a, a bit of a focused discussion about technologies and the council. Um, so why don't we start there? Um, you know, for the listener, maybe it would be uh, helpful to, to give, give the listener a sense of kind of what is UTC, you know, kind of where it came from. Um, and, and how it's evolved, because it's been around for 70 years. Absolutely. Well, that's a great place to start, because um, as much as we would like to think, but people still may not be aware about what UTC is and what we do. And like you said, we've been around for more than 70 years. So we started out small in the late 1940s, as electric utilities began to building out, build out more of their infrastructure after World War II, in order to do this, utilities needed to ensure that their crews in the field who were building the transmission towers and hanging the power lines, that they would be safe. So what this meant is they needed reliable communication networks so they could always stay in communication. So initially UTC was formed to help electric utilities secure and coordinate spectrum oh, okay. for, their, mm -hmm, for their wireless push to talk networks. Our membership later expanded to include water and gas utilities because they, yeah. as we know, face similar challenges with their networks. Yeah. But over the time, like you said, we're how we get where we are. Utilities began adding innovative technologies and sensors along their infrastructure, uh, basically to provide greater situational awareness about the health and status of power lines, meters, and more. Uh, it became clear that the word telecom 
was not broad enough to reflect the kinds of investments that utilities were making to improve the reliability and resilience of their services. Right. So our board had the foresight and decided to change the name from Utilities Telecom to Utilities Technology Council to reflect that this is more than just telecom, that this is about all kinds of technologies and how we're changing and how we use and consume utility services. So that's yeah. how we kind of got here. And that change uh, was made but a couple of years back, but but it really was a reflection of, of a shift that had been taking place for quite some time, right? Absolutely, absolutely. Nothing happens overnight. So it was a discussion, I'm sure that started, I can't remember exactly when, because I have had the opportunity to look back at some of our historical data, but yeah. you're right, the name change officially happened around 2016. Gotcha, okay. And then and then, so the, so the focus shifted uh, well, but I, I mean, it was a recognition that the focus had shifted for a while, but it, it, maybe if I could encapsulate it, the, the focus remained on how companies, how utilities can be interoperable, basically how they can, can, can essentially communicate. Absolutely. It was on communications, but now it wasn't just tech, telecommunications. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about that, about, about uh, membership. And you'd said it started off uh, with electric utilities, and now it's expanded uh, over the years to uh, other, uh, other companies that are in the utility space. Is that, is that still the case? Or, or what's, the, what's the membership today? That's an um, excellent segue, because as, I'm, as I just mentioned in the first comment, that they wanted to keep the communication, and you amplified that comment, yeah. keep the communication when they're in the field. Well, UTC, we want to also keep the communication on technology solutions. So UTC, our members are our lifeblood. Yeah. And with what I, when I say that, what I'm speaking of, UTC represents a broad array of utilities. Most of our members are electric utilities, but they're of all kinds. And this is what separates us from other trade associations. Uh, that means we represent investor-owned, mm-hmm. public power, and cooperatively or consumer-owned utilities. Every kind of utility. Your utility. Well, you're in Canada, but every yep. utility uh, in, in, in the United States. And we represent everybody and give everyone an opportunity to communicate mm-hmm. uh, and talk about the challenges. And most of the utilities face some of the same challenges with their right. telecommunications and technology. And it doesn't matter how big or small. And we are the only association providing these services to all utilities. Mm -hmm. So while our utilities are what we call our core members, uh, which means they make up our board of directors, they serve on committee leadership positions, and they're making a lot of decisions, influencing. Mm -hmm. We also have a number of associate or vendor members as well. And they contribute largely too. Uh, Our associate members are the companies that are leading technology providers that, you know, offer many of the solutions and networks that performs what our members need. Mm -hmm. So in one way, we like to call ourselves a one-stop shop or a round table Mm -hmm. for the utility technology industry. Um, As utilities invest in grid modernization technologies, they need vendor partners to assist in this transition. And UTC is the place that brings all of these groups together. Once again, as our mission st- states, you know, we want to foster collaboration. Mm-hmm. And this is one way that we do it by bringing our core members and our, our vendor members, our associate members together. And so the membership is is no longer simply companies that are in the United States or the, or the lower 48. Um, how, how broad is the membership now geographically? 
Well, actually, we have an international membership. And I guess uh, to say if there are positives, which there are positives that came out of the pandemic, is that everyone has become very comfortable with the digital platform. So it has increased our global uh partnership and participation. So we have always been involved globally, uh, in particular uh, with Canada, Mm -hmm. Europe, Africa, Latin America, uh, but our members are all over. And I I don't have the exact number, but I do know uh, we saw a large participation in a lot of our webinars and trainings that we offered last year from all around the world. So and actually, I'm sorry. Go ahead, no, no, no. I was just going to say, was that was that the case in early days? Um, UTC has always been international. Or is that more a, more of a recent? Um, uh, we have, um, like I said, I've been with UTC going on four years, and since I've been there, we have been involved. Um, I believe when I first came in 2017, UTC AL had just kind of branched off. We had a grant to help them kind of get started. So they have been internet, have had an international footprint for quite some time. Um, and as you, you might, uh, you already know, Canada was separate, was a totally separate entity. Mm-hmm. And just two years ago, UT, it was UTCC uh, Canada okay. was incorporated into UTC. So we, we have uh, been in this global arena and there's different, um, I guess, activities that we try to come together because even some of the international issues or issues that our international utilities face are similar. And so once again, it's that fostering that collaboration uh, and and we continue to do that, but we have been doing that for quite some time. Yeah. You mentioned COVID-19. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that beforehand, but the kind of services um, and the space that UTC operates in COVID-19 um, was probably and probably continues to be really big for uh, the issues that UTC deals with, uh, communication, interoperability, technology. Absolutely. Um, like, you know, most of our utilities face the same telecom and IT challenges. Um, I will say what COVID, at least from my perspective, uh, has, like I said, allowed us to do is this digital platform, because what that, even though it provides some hindrances, but mm we are able to meet more. So when you're able to meet more, you're able to have more discussions with uh, decision makers and as well as our members. So when we talk about issues, uh, advocacy, and even training, making sure that our members are educated, we're able to bring more content to them than let's say an in-person event, because it takes a travel dollars. Mm -hmm. And um, there are, of course, benefits, as we all know, to in-person, things that you cannot do in the virtual space. But virtually, we have still been able to continue doing what we do. And and that, I guess, is one of the main things. And we want to bring utilities together so that they can share best practices, learn from each other, and offer potential solutions to their colleagues. And and this is happening, even virtually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. at, at CEA, of course, our our focus, uh, as the the first word in the in the name Canadian would suggest, that you know our focus is exclusively in Canada. But um, given the international nature of of UTC, this has probably resulted in, in in greater connections internationally than you would have had previously, because now people are are, are not constrained by um, having, as you said, having to travel to meetings and, and conferences and so on. Absolutely. And it allows us also to raise awareness uh, as we started off talking about UTC 
and it allows uh, global partners to learn more about the concerns that we're that we're voicing uh, to legislators and regulate, regulators. So it, it has opened up many doors and opportunities when I say for UTC, but mainly for the industry globally. Right. So you're absolutely right. I, th I thought maybe it'd be interesting to talk a little bit about some of the things that UTC does specifically. And I, I took a look at, I took a look at your mission and I thought, uh, you know, maybe we could uh, talk a little bit about some of those pieces. So, um, you know, one of them is, is manage telecommunications and information technology more effectively and efficiently. And you address that, I guess, principally through sharing of best practices and, and, and those sorts of activities. Can you expand a little bit about, about what kind of activities uh, you do in, in terms of the, the management of telecom and information technology? Okay, let me see if I can try to touch on it and, and, and try to bring it together. Yeah. You know, as I mentioned, you know, we bring, by bringing technology providers and utilities together, we provide solutions. And these investments that utilities are making, they're expensive. Yeah. just to improve the reliability of the electricity system. So it's essential that our members have a venue to learn from each other to ensure that they're making the best investments to serve the communities, you know, mm -hmm. uh, which is us. Another area that's key is advocacy. Advocacy is essential to UTC as it is to any association. Right. And we need to ensure that our members' concerns are adequately represented and addressed by Congress, mm -hmm. the White House, and the federal agency. But we also, we don't stop at the federal level. We also are engaging at the state level. Okay. So UTC's advocacy is, is member driven and, and that we let our members tell us what's important to them and we advocate on their behalf. Mm -hmm. Since our members are scattered all across the continent, it is surprising to many in the energy policy arena just how important these telecommunications issues are right. to the utility world. And once again, to, to reiterate that or amplify, we are the only association uh, in this area, this Washington DC area that focuses solely on the topics. But <laughs> like I said, we move through uh, state regulators and, and legislators as well. Okay. Um, our members communications networks underpin the massive infrastructure that keeps the lights on and water and gas flowing that we all kind of take for granted. Yeah. You know, last year uh, we had a record number of wildfires in addition to the pandemic. We yep. had a record number of hurricanes. These networks are also critical to the deployment of new energy resources, such mm -hmm. as storage, solar wind, and other forms of distributed energy. So with so many agencies and members of Congress focused on these issue, issues, UTC is, is, is critical now more than ever because these decision makers, legislators, and regulators they also look to UTC to provide guidance mm -hmm. and, and also communicate what is the issue in their language. So UTC serves with many hats in making sure that the voice of our members get across to the appropriate audiences. Um, and also I'm, I'm hoping we can even make sure of raising awareness all the way down to the consumer level. Uh, because as I stated, it's surprising that many people even in that arena, mm. let alone the people who are not in that arena, who are not aware of how critical the services are that this industry provides. So when talking about that, that managing, uh, helping your members manage their operations, that uh, focus covers all of your members internationally. But your advocacy work, is it principally in the, in the, in the United States? It is. But yeah. we, do, we do work in with ITU and um, internationally. 
uh, we collaborate. And so we are also involved with some of the regulatory issues and, and spectrum issues that, like I said, affect international yep. conversations. Which wouldn't be terribly surprising given that I would expect the largest telecommunication networks are in the United States. And so where the U.S. goes, the ITU goes. Absolutely. <laughs> and, um, you know, our education and our meetings is so vital because it's not just networking. This is how we can have a knowledge exchange and educate. And a lot of times we try our members are the ones who are the speakers. They're telling us the topics, um, the white papers. So, you know, we use all of these vehicles to make sure that our members are aware and, and as educated as possible, and not just how it affects their utility, but how it affects the larger industry, which once again, yep. and, um, even though it may be a co-op, I, it might be very interesting to find out what the IOUs are doing on, on a particular issue. And we see that more and more, this collaboration uh, so it's important for us to have this, these educational and trainings, webinars and meetings and vehicles available, accessible to our, our members. And that's globally. Gotcha. Yeah. And you'd mentioned uh, networking um, uh, and networking. It's one of, those, one, of those, one of those things that I've been thinking about as well from, from our perspective. Networking, of course, has changed in the age of COVID-19. Uh, it's, it's no longer the, you know, the, the coffee breaks uh, at conferences and, and the discussions people have on the trade floor. But uh, on the other hand, I, I, th I think that uh, it's shined a light, in fact, on how important that networking is because um, it isn't dependent upon coffee breaks and, and, and uh, trade floor receptions. It's continued um, uh, very, uh, very much so uh, in, uh, you know, in the sort of COVID-19 world. What, what are the sorts of things that, that you would see as the sort of the, the principal uh, benefits when you see your members in, engaged in, uh, in, in networking? Well, I see, like I said, principal benefits, like I said, the long-term effects of if um, a member in that's, let's say on the West Coast is having an issue, they can pick up the phone or whatever, yep. however they want to connect to ask a question to a member that they have networked and created a relationship with uh, that now is a partnership mm. uh, to help them come up with solutions. I've seen this with supply chain issues when um, utilities can't get things. Yep. They're able to connect together and even with our associate members to figure out how can I, because I still have, they still have to deliver. Yeah, That's why it's so critical um, what they do. They still have to deliver. So they're very useful and resourceful to use UTC and each other to basically just make life easier. And I think this networks, the more we continue to embrace that idea about relationship <laughs> building and networks, even this conversation that, that me and you are having, mm. it, we pre-COVID, it might have taken a year before we actually uh, were able to meet because yeah. we would have probably waited for the standard in-person meeting. Yeah. So I think the more we embrace this, whether it's virtually or in person, it's going to create the long-term partnerships, which is what we need. Uh, because although something may not be a relevant issue today, it's, it's may, it may be one in the future, but it's nice that we're going to have this virtual Rolodex or digital yep. Rolodex that we can call upon each other. And it's not just, um, you know, out of the blue call, there's actual 
relationship building that's coming out of this. And I've heard many members speak on this, that as public servants, because that's what they are, mm-hmm. they and what they got at UTC is that lifelong uh, partnership and growth. Right. Uh, they're able to go back to their utility and s- provide a whole nother perspective. So, you know, I don't want to go on and on, but it, it, the networking is really, we use it lightly, but it's not to be taken lightly. It's a really a part of our, our fiber. Yeah. And we can do yeah. a lot more with it, like you've already mentioned. Yeah. yeah. Hey, one of the things that, uh, that I ask people who come on the podcast and I uh, usually ask it uh, earlier in the conversation, but um, I'll, I'll pop it in, in the middle right now. Um, and that's uh, about your personal journey and your, your sort, of, sort of your career journey. I think the listener's always interested to hear how, how people got to the role that, that, that they're in. And so you said you've been with uh, UTC for about four years now. Um, how does one come to head up uh, an organization like UTC? Well, we all, you're right. Journey is the proper word, in my opinion. And I think we all have a story. Yeah. And um, I'm going to try to keep it as short as possible. I don't want to start when I was uh, in the womb, but I, w- I will try to make it as short. That, that as Bugs Bunny cartoon. Oh, I'll start at the beginning. Well, first there was a big bang. <laughs> exactly. So I'm going to try to to make it a little bit brief. But I'm, I'm originally from New York and my desire was to go to law, to be a lawyer, to be a civil rights attorney. So um oh. And right before I came to DC to go to undergrad, I was I graduated high school a little early. So I, my mother was like, well, if you're not, you're not just gonna hang out with your friends. <laughs> so I, I, I ended up working part-time for the New York City Law Department. Uh, oh. So I was really on track and very interested in the, the legal field. Mm-hmm. But when I came down to go to school and I decided, well, I'm undergrad, you know, they said I can major in whatever. I decided to major in business because I also had an interest in that. Uh, things just started changing. And when it really became pivotal for me is in my sophomore year, I began working for Citibank, which was the largest Mm -hmm. financial um, Mm -hmm. entity at the time. And that's where I I saw for the first time, because I had already loved numbers and math, Mm -hmm. and that was a strong suit for me. But I could see how I could practically turn this love of numbers into a career. Hmm. And at Citibank, I had the opportunity to learn. I was young, so I had the opportunity to learn about bank operations, challenges, regulation, compliance. Hmm. And I began to also fall in love with compliance. <laughs> so as it, it evolved, it just kind of naturally evolved that, okay, accounting is, is, is also an option. Mm-hmm. Um, and accounting has many different disciplines. So I've decided to focus in on the controllership. Okay. And I've been in finance and operations for some decades. And I've had the opportunity because a lot of, a lot of people are like, it's not a very, um, I guess, exciting career. Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't recall a lot of Hollywood movies that, that talk about the, 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 the young girl that, that was really interested in compliance. <laughs> Exactly. So it was like, I was like, well, I I do. I I thought about it. And what it struck me with accounting and operations Mm -hmm. is that every industry pretty much needs it. So that's where I had my choice and picking. And I had the opportunity to work in the health industry, education, Mm -hmm. financial, and even entertainment. Mm -hmm. Um, But, and I came to UTC without any utility experience, but I had operational knowledge and a business acumen to determine 
different strategic moves that basically I could see the common link that all industries share. They're not much different, you right. know, and the regulations for different entities, I was already familiar with some of those. So everything, that's how I kind of got here. And then as I got to UTC, mm-hmm. because of, as I quickly learned about the critical work that our utility industry does to all mm-hmm. of us, to me, when I flip my lights on or, you know, water, anything, I really took it very, that's how for me, I mm-hmm. made the numbers. It's not just paper mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. I know that this actually results in a, a bigger contribution. Right. So I was very excited, actually very early on with UTC, just to be a part of, yeah. of this great work that our industry is doing. So I dove in just like usual and tried to learn as much as possible because coming from the finance or accounting industry, that's one thing you you, you kind of learn. You get a, yeah. a skill of learning very quickly how things run, the operations, so that you can represent the appropriate financial or fiscal picture, especially to the board. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, it was just like, it just was working. Um, I can't tell you, I would, I'll be very honest. Um, I am just as happy now as I was when I first started on June uh, 26, 2017, as the director of finance and administration. Wow. As to mm. me, at UTC, the work that we're doing with in collaboration or helping our members collaborate, it actually exemplifies diversity and inclusion at its finest. Okay. Because just like our members, you know, we listen, we yeah. advocate, and we educate for all utilities. And mm-hmm. I know I've said that at least four times. And I think I'm going to have to end up getting a t-shirt or a mask because <laughs> I don't think people buy t-shirts anymore. They buy masks and yeah. whatever. All utilities, that is nothing to be, uh, not a light comment. That yeah. simple word, all, that we are inclusive of all utilities. Yeah. Just like our members serve all communities. So I think um, I, that's that's my journey. And, and here I am. Where to go from here? I don't know. So. Awesome. That's awesome. how I got here. Well, one of the things that all your members are facing um, is uh, a, a world of increasing cyber threats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wanted to make sure we touched on those, particularly in, you know, uh, the news the past month has been filled with a lot of stories about solar winds and, and you know, lots of lots of uh, uh, potential impacts on government, on utilities and so on. What's what's kind of your your take on that cyber uh, threat environment that we're operating in? Absolutely, and and you're right that we have to touch on that because it is part of the everyday critical life that our utilities and cyber threats are evolving every day, every minute, yeah. as you've already said, stated on so many with so many examples. As critical mm. infrastructure providers, our members are a prime target, and they know it. Yeah, and they've known it for a while. Utilities drill and drill um, so that if an attack happens, they're prepared, as prepared mm-hmm. as can be. And of course, we know they don't just do this with cyber attacks, you know, with yep. all kind, all kinds of natural disasters. So attack, not just an attack on us, but a attack on the public service. So just think how about how smoothly uh, the industry transitioned to a remote workforce. Mm-hmm. This yep. is really a big deal without anyone even noticing during the pandemic. That's because the industry or our industry practiced as a scenario trained for such situation. And as unlikely as it ever seemed mm. to the lens to which our members go to secure the systems that and keep the lights on amazes me every day. 
Like I said already, I'm very thankful for everything they do. Utility workers are public servants in every sense of the term. Right. And, um, you know, you, the, the cyber threats are, are not stopping. Um, even I spoke to members as we had the attack last week on the Capitol. This mm-hmm. affects utilities. They're already preparing. They're already right. working uh, to make sure that we all are, are okay, to be quite honest, to make sure that the consumer is is going to still have lights and have mm-hmm. access. So many don't realize how the utilities, they don't even know that the utility workers went remote during the pandemic. Yeah. Right now, you know, you know, the e- electric utility industry is the only industry subject to reliability and cybersecurity In, enforced. Yep, absolutely. Yep. And, you know, our members collaborate through venue, venues like which you're, you're definitely a key part of the electric subsector coordinating council Um, and even across country borders through the North American Electric Reliability Corporation. Mm -hmm. And we know cyber threats exist and evolve daily, if not frequently, but the utility industry is doing everything it can to be prepared and able to respond. And you talked about solar wind. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're we're, we're still learning more about this every day, but that was a huge uh, cyber attack or threat. So, you know, this it's every day. And mm. I, I think the utilities, we know that they have been in this um, part of these uh, being prepared. That's the only way I could say is being prepared. Yeah. One, one of the things that we've done, um, and I know UTC is, is, has been a, a, a key partner in that, is on uh, some cyber issues. We've worked together in a, in a, a, a trade associations coalition Mostly, it's been with respect to um, uh, uh, collaborating on advocacy, and, and CEAs participated sometimes as well when it's some cross-border uh, cross-border stuff. How important do you think it is that that we have that collaboration across um, the across the associations? Because it, you know it's a challenge trying to sometimes trying to hurt all of those cats. I would expect. It is a challenge, but you know, like you said, you gave good good examples of the, how this exists already. Mm-hmm. But these partnerships are absolutely vital to our success. Um, just as important is our collaboration with the federal government. Information right. sharing is key, and I think we've learned or one takeaway from the pandemic, and as we that as we evolve and say, okay, well, what was something that positive? we have to share the information. And, and yeah. one of the main ways is through each other as associations. Mm-hmm. Um, as the federal government is gonna have a much bigger holistic view on the cyber threats that yep. are facing the country, we must do all we can do to ensure, ensure that this information sharing continues and improves. And, and like you said, you know, mainly this has happened on the advocacy side, mm-hmm. but I'm really seeing, and I'm even more hopeful that it will happen on other areas. Um, even to the point of issues that if another association is has the expertise to address the issue more properly, mm-hmm. let's make sure not just because it's our member, but we need to make sure that that, that members the the end game that they forward them to the other association. Right. You know, we yeah. collaboration doesn't always mean we all have to be on the field at the same time, mm-hmm. and I think um, that's an important issue. And and this is not just, of course, advocacy, but advocacy is definitely one of the main areas where this collaboration has occurred. So you're absolutely right. And they're they're, they're important. I mean, top of the list for me, 
collab because mm -hmm. it speaks to our mission again a collaboration how can we foster collaboration if we're not collaborating as well the final question that has absolutely nothing to do with the utilities technology council <laughs> and and that is something i ask everybody uh, that that joins the podcast is uh, uh, about a book that either that you're reading or that you've read recently that you would recommend to the listener what would that book be cheryl Wow. And, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of great books. I, I honestly, over the holiday, where I would have taken the time to probably read a good book, mm -hmm. I was just trying to, um, I guess, truly relax and unplug. Yeah. Uh, because that is uh, one of the not so good things about this virtual space is that you stay plugged in a little bit yeah. longer yeah. than um, you probably should. So what I did is one of those things with my family is we watched a couple of good movies. Oh, okay. And I, I can share with you one good movie that resonated with me. And I shared it with the UTC staff as well. Okay. Um, safety. It's called Safety and it's on a, the Disney network, but it's based on reality. And I'm sure it's on other platforms as well. But what I liked about it without going into too much detail about the story or the uh -huh. plot is the underlying message was about sportsmanship, uh -huh. teamwork on and off the field, because life has many challenges uh -huh. and we expect people to show up with their best or their A game, as they say. And that's not always possible. And I think that's what we also saw with the pandemic is that uh -huh. as much as we would like to have in-person meetings or do things, People get sick. Mm -hmm. uh, we have to deal with other challenges, economic effects that resulted as a COVID. Mm -hmm. But the bottom line, yep. if we stick together, and this goes back to everything you've asked me, collaboration, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's with the associations, whether it's with utilities, associate members, it is fundamental mm. because that is the fuel that can help us get through pretty much any situation. Right. So I will, I will say that that, movie really was very motivational to the point that I'm not even a sports fan to say, <laughs> but I am going to follow that team from now on. <laughs> and it's a college team. Awesome. Cheryl, thank you very much for taking the time to, to join the podcast today. I really appreciated it. Oh, thank you for having me. And as I stated, hopefully we're going to be launching our UTC podcast and uh -huh. we are going to look forward to you being a guest on the podcast because I don't, and I want to save that question for you. I'm already telling you about that because I want to hear your story. <laughs> All right. I'm All right. looking forward to looking forward to, to, to the UTC podcast. That's, that's terrific. Awesome. awesome. Thanks very much. Thank you so much. Take care and continue to be safe. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Flux Capacitor and invite you to tune in for future discussions and podcasts. As always, we invite you to continue the electricity conversation on our Facebook page, on Twitter, and at electricity.ca.